You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Play season-long best ball, fantasy drafts where you only focus on the most fun part of fantasy, drafting your team. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. Underdog handles the rest for you. No waivers, trades, or setting your lineups each week. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100. Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante, the New York Yankees making moves, agitating each other in the dugout, signings, new additions, unfamiliar names, red hot in spring training with the bats, not so much on the mound. We're going to break down everything that happened since we last saw you on Thursday. Unfortunately, Everything that happened does not include an Aaron Judge contract extension, though Brian Cashman certainly explained to us all what a contract extension is and how it may occur in the future with no set timeline. Of course, opening day is Judge's personal deadline. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. But most importantly, you can find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time. That time could change. When the season starts, we could get more dates, more times. People are booking us. We're very busy guys, but we're trying to make it work for all of you all because you listeners are very important to us. For those of you on the stream, I'm wearing a North Carolina Tar Heels hat and a North Carolina Tar Heels Hark the Sound t-shirt because the North Carolina Tar Heels are in your final four, and I am only the host of so many podcasts, so I do have to shout out those boys from Chapel Hill, North Carolina as well before we get going. Uh, 
Maybe didn't have to hurt St. Peter so bad. Maybe you could have just beat them normal style. But unfortunately, they uh, went animal style on the St. Peter's Peacocks and ripped them out of the NCAA tournament. Now, uh, the dream scenario for others, the nightmare scenario for me, Duke, coming up on Saturday night. Uh, after A month after we had the Coach K home finale thing, Locked away, done. There was never any beating that. You could never dispute that. That was something in the history books forever and ever. Uh, then Carolina almost faced Duke in the finals of the ACC tournament, and they backed out, and they lost to Virginia Tech. Uh, and then it was like, ooh, thank God, because Duke almost got some revenge, but they weren't able to. And now they're facing Duke in the goddamn NCAA tournament for the first time in history. So uh, taking some time ahead of that to just say love my team. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for going on a run. And next week, gonna suck. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. How you feeling about the world of the New York Yankees and uh, who you got in the Final Four? The Yankees, hot in the spring. Not really winning games, I guess. Um, if No, mostly, mostly losing games. But the offense has been, the people you need to be in gear have been in gear on offense. Yeah. Uh, what do we have? We got two bombs from Donaldson. One came during a Garrett Cole start. They're friends again, I think. I think that's going to play a big role. Um, Higgy with three bombs. Stanton with two. Customary. Marvin Gonzalez with two. He's probably going to make the roster now. Aaron Judge with two. Um, so the bats are there. Oswaldo Cabrera had that grand slam last week. Um, and Glaber Torres has won himself batting 500 this spring with a fat OPS, 1.125. So, um, once again, you watch spring training, it usually doesn't matter. doesn't matter at all. But it does matter for guys who are rising in the prospect pipeline, trying to make a bit of an impression, or guys who have struggled mightily and are looking to kind of find their groove, get back on track. Uh, Glaber's one of them. Um, if you're a Dodgers fan and you're kind of watching the same narrative flipped in on your side, you're watching Cody Bellinger's struggles continue and that's not making you feel good. It's not making anybody feel good. Baseball fans in general, you want to see Cody Bellinger be good. Um, but he struck out like 14 times in 19 plate appearances. If Glaber Torres had done that, um, we'd be having a big, big panic at this point, um, especially after what he put forth over his last, like, you know, full slate of seasons worth of games. Um, so I kind of like, I kind of like what we're seeing. I'd rather it not be, I, I'd rather it be like a little bit exciting where we're getting, uh, maybe ahead of ourselves rather than us being like, what, what are they doing? What's going on? Um, and what can we expect on opening day? Um, although I am kind of feeling that way with the pitching staff, uh, the starters outside, the starters for the most part, whatever. Um, Monty got rocked in his one start against the Blue Jays. Severino got shelled. Um, and those Monty two guys did. Are- yeah. Monty did come in in relief yesterday and threw two and two thirds shutout with five K's, I believe. Um, I mean, the weird thing about the spring training stuff is you can tell me as many times as you want that spring training doesn't matter, and I get it, and it definitely does not matter. Your record doesn't matter. Um, it, it just, you know, it affects your mood. You don't want to watch minor league relievers come in and blow three leads in a row and leave the Yankees three and six or whatever. That's not that's not how I want to spend my week. I don't like getting the notifications. Oh, they're up 5-4. Oh, nope, Reggie McLean allowed five runs in the eighth. Like, it doesn't make me feel good. That doesn't matter results don't really matter but at the same time like nobody is horrible for the month of march and then just flips a switch and turns it on in april right um so luis severino struggling getting hit getting the the fastball is getting hit he's hanging the curves (coughs) none of that really matters as long as he looks good but the vibes are still not immaculate if he's getting rocked every time he gets out there that's all i'm saying 
Uh, you know, the fastball is easy cheese. It's back. It looks like it always did. He's been hanging the breaking stuff a little bit. He's coming off Tommy John, basically. He, you know, he barely pitched last year. He was a bullpen arm through good innings in a couple of scattered games in Boston and home against Texas in the rain. But I'll never forget that they brought him in for his first game back after tearing his groin off his body, after having shoulder weirdness, after having Tommy John surgery in the pouring rain. Ridiculous. This team has no common sense. But he, you know, if the stuff is there, I'm not terribly terribly worried about Luis Severino. It's not one of those, like, gotta raise those spring training alarm bells. Same with Garrett Cole. He was just ripping fastballs yesterday. Do I wish he was a little further ahead of schedule? Sure, but the labor dispute cut into that a little bit. I can't fault Garrett Cole for wanting to do a 50-pitch, mostly fastball, some breaker start on Sunday for his first outing of spring training. Not everybody's Max Scherzer. Not everybody wants to go five innings their first time out. I'm going to defer to whatever Garrett Cole wants to do. So it the results don't matter as much as the process does, but I'm not going to sit in bed and be like, I'm so excited that the Yankees got rocked again today in spring training. It's so good that my team got absolutely owned after not importing a single pitcher from off the roster. Like, there's no change. It's just Joely Rodriguez was gone for about a day and a half and now is back. So, you know, you're wading into this season with the same pitchers you had last year, and they don't have the offseason to prepare in the same way. Everybody getting to spring training at like March 12th, 13th, instead of February 15th, you're a month behind, people are going to get hurt, and your depth is the same as it was last year. Domingo Herman showed up with a shoulder injury. Now, I don't want to see Domingo Herman play this year. I couldn't care less if he's on my roster. Apparently, he hurt his shoulder a long time ago, and this injury is just like the back half of his rehab. He says he feels fine. He could throw now. Good for him. Do whatever you want. I, you know, I don't care, but that that's one guy down already, right? The Yankees have sold us on this famous depth featuring Domingo Herman. And if we've already lost him, then what are we doing here? So again, process over results, but if the results are bad, it's not going to make me feel good about anything, especially because I know these pitchers could drop like flies at any moment. And most of them don't seem ready to contribute right now. Although, Davey Garcia, someone who you and I may have counted out, should have counted out, probably did count out. Uh, Davey Garcia is somebody who, you know, we we counted out, uh, ripping again today, throwing gas. It, what's most important is the gas he is throwing, not the results necessarily. Um, but he is, he threw uh, one pitch of 96.2 miles an hour or more over the past Two years, 2020 and 2021, today in the first inning, he threw five. So that's Matt Blake for you. That's someone on a road to recovery. That's someone making tangible progress. Everybody else feels like they're still working into things, you know, either static or the results are slightly worrisome so far. Davey, much better than expected. I love it. And maybe, maybe it could help us um, cope with the reality that. Um, this entire unit overachieved last year. I think that's something else, you know, forget about the staff just being the same. I know that there are elements of the staff that needed to be improved, but um, a lot of, I think some fans have just kind of accepted, oh yeah, they did great last year. Why would this not happen again next year? Um, Because the Yankees pitching usually isn't that good. um, And it was clear that a lot of guys had um, overachieved, which is a great thing, but it's just not something you can rely on two years in a row or let alone to be anything consistent. Um, so if Davey can pop back in and be somewhere close to his 2020 self, um, then we're looking at maybe a more electrifying replacement for Herman um, or the return of one of our top prospects who was supposed to be a cornerstone piece. 
um, or it was once once upon a time believed to be. Um, so yeah, that's I mean my my issue with the pitching staff is that I think that um, hey look I like the stock in Matt Blake. Apparently, what he's done has been good. The, we've seen the results, um, but sustaining the results over years, being able to weather injuries, being able to um, you know, make sure certain guys are comfortable in certain roles. Um, I don't know if that's going to be able to be replicated. I'm hoping it is, um, but I think it's a little bit of a risky plan for them, especially when they didn't really spend that much outside of the Josh Donaldson deal, which was really only a $35 million investment when you count the salary swaps. Um, so whatever. I'm just hoping that um, we get uh, we get more from the younger guys. Clark Schmidt looked good the other day. We were He was pitching when we were live on the podcast on Thursday. Um, so if we can get, if we can get the, that combo 25, 28 combined starts with Davey and Clark and it's effective, it'd be miles better, hopefully than Domingo, Michael King and Michael King can assume his role as a multi-inning relief option to a help relieve the starting rotation from having to go deep into games when the pitch count is elevated and be just overall preserving the back end of the bullpen, which was taxed last year. Um, so I know we're talking a lot about pitching, when we're supposed to be talking about bats, but that's how the conversation goes, man. Um, bats are great pitching. We'd like to see a little bit more trends are not bad at this moment. So um, I think that uh, with, what do we have? We have nine days left until opening day, 10, something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, seventh. That's another thing I wanted to ask. Why is Cole so behind schedule? I was trying to figure this out. Do you have any idea? Do, does anybody have any idea? Do we have any, anything like what Max Scherzer threw five innings in his first spring training. I know not everybody's Max Scherzer, but he's coming off a year where he was experiencing dead arm in October. And now he's already being full throttle in spring training. What's going on here? Why is Garrett Cole throwing on March 27th with opening day, 10 days away? It's just very bizarre to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you can say he's behind just because I don't know how he works. I, I also never. I don't want to see my aces in spring training at all. Like I want him to get the absolute minimum that he has to to feel ready. Uh, again, I, I mean, I don't want anything to befall him. I need him to do whatever he has to to feel confident. But Max Scherzer throwing five innings like day one of spring training is such a try hard nonsense move, especially if you are you know recovering from dead arm and specifically came, coming out of 2021 or saying the Dodgers you know ruined my arm, my arm was bad at the end of last year, but now everything's miraculously fine because I'm a New York Met. A sentence that no one has ever said in the entire history of the franchise. Steve Cohen can send out as many video board season ticket holder boxes as he wants to. It's not going to change the Mets' legacy of hurting every pitcher they touch. Uh, Jacob DeGrom also opting out at the end of the year. So I actually think the opt-out might be the only thing keeping him healthy. He's going to have a healthy year, and then he's going to leave. Um, so best of luck there. But Max Scherzer, you know, he claimed he had a dead arm last year because he didn't pitch enough down the stretch because the Dodgers had it locked up. And they tried to save him, and then who knows what's true, and maybe this is him trying to combat that. But I trust Garrett Cole. I know what he, I know what he needs. He'll probably pitch one more time in spring training, he, two or three workouts, um, you know, he's been doing side sessions, I'm sure. The, the less Garrett Cole can reveal, the better. Uh, everybody had their fun yesterday. Garrett Cole gave up a couple home runs to the Pittsburgh Pirates, throwing 90% fastballs and blitzing dudes in the first inning, and then they eventually just start sitting on it. He gave up one home run, a hanger to Cole Tucker. Uh, some people, fan side of own, did like Garrett Cole gets rocked and Yankee fans get trolled. It's like, don't you remember? He got rocked by the Tigers in spring training like two years ago. And guess what? He, he's like a Cy Young caliber pitcher. 
every time he toes the rubber for the Yankees. Their priority is just keeping him healthy. Nobody cares about results unless you're in the clicks business and you want to write about it. In that case, congrats on the hilarious jokes. Congrats on the memes everybody got off. Uh, Glaber Torres is the other one who just, like, you got to mention before you leave. He, he had another home run today. First pitch, two bombs so far this spring. One today came against Eduardo Rodriguez, and he went oppo. That's two oppo bombs uh, hitting 471. Someone had a great tweet that sort of summed it up. Like, it had his slash line. It was like, Glaber Torres hitting 471 this spring. If he keeps that up this season, he could have a very interesting 2022 campaign. Exactly. That's it. Like, he's not going to hit 470 this year. Uh, and so anybody who's declaring that this is sort of like, well, we fixed him. He's a 470 hitter now. Like, that's ridiculous. But of course, tangible progress, right? You're watching him hit the ball with authority the other way against real opponents, against Eduardo Rodriguez, who's a, an upper echelon free agent addition by the Tigers. Does it matter? You know, it doesn't cinch him as a leadoff hitter for game one of the DS, but it's certainly something you'd rather see than the opposite. After a year of uncertainty, watching him go like two for 25 with no power in the spring, being like, why would I be encouraged by this at all? And it would it would be interesting. Interesting is a very good word to describe if Gleyber Torres were to bat 500 this year. Pretty, pretty interesting thing that would transpire. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that that's a conversation on Yankees Twitter. Very, very informative for everybody. Um, so please go check out that talk um, in the deepest, darkest corners of one of the worst Twitter spaces on the planet. Um, speaking of bad topics to talk about, I just felt like this was funny. People made a big deal out of this, and I really wonder what they were talking about. You, they, they, on Saturday, was it? I think mm-hmm. it was Saturday against the Blue Jays. The camera cut to the dugout, um, and Garrett Cole was watching the game, eye straight ahead, in between Jordan Montgomery and Josh Donaldson. Montgomery spitting seeds out over the dugout rail. Garrett Cole's intently watching the game. And Josh Donaldson is just looking at Garrett Cole and talking to him. Like, looks like he's being a nuisance in some capacity. Um, We know how Cole operates. We know kind of the people he surrounds himself with. Um, You know, he had the whole thing with Bauer at UCLA. I don't think Cole is a Trevor Bauer guy. Uh, Doesn't strike me as a Trevor Bauer guy. Doesn't really want to hear what Trevor Bauer doesn't want to hear what a guy like Trevor Bauer has to say. Doesn't is not up for the antics, whether it's social media, whether it's just general showmanship and whatever whatever realm it's in. Not his style. Um, you know the guys he surround himself with. He was boys with Tanaka before Tanaka left for Japan. He's good friends with Jamison Tyone, who dates back to the Pirates days. Um, and now you have Donaldson, who they had the beef last year. Um, Donaldson is another boisterous personality that I don't know would mesh with Cole if they're having everyday interactions where Donaldson's being himself and is maybe crowding Cole's space and making it a little bit uh, uncomfortable or annoying for him. I don't know. But Cole's facial reaction after he said what he said was funny. He had he also had a he had a hand motion where it was just like it seemed like he was like, dude, stop talking. Like I don't want to hear this anymore. Um, but probably just a bunch of nothing, really funny camera cut, really funny, uh, uh, speculation from fans thinking that Josh Donaldson was annoying Garrett Cole the day before his spring debut. Um, so just get ready for that stuff this year. I think it's going to be a fun year of, uh, pointless speculation about team chemistry, kind of like what we did last year, just because things were so kind of off kilter, but guess what? Fan, uh, not fans, uh, the fans in the clubhouse. Imagine, Hey, fans come into the clubhouse after the game. Um, Come on in here. Media personalities back in the clubhouse after games this year. So I think we're going to have a better idea of the team chemistry of the, um, of the general attitude and, 
and um, and feeling around that 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 intangible aspect that that you can't really get a hold of throughout the year um, without that kind of insight from the media. Now it's back as long as they're vaccinated, I believe, and they have to wear a mask or something. But hey, uh, couldn't ask for more than that because it's been two years since we've gotten it. Um, then maybe we'll get more. We'll get down to the bottom of whatever Cole Donaldson interactions there are that that pique our interest on social media. But cool, great. It's now. Now is the time to get people back in the clubhouse and learning things. About, I mean, this was a great clip. Watch. What, Cole could not have enjoyed whatever this was. Like it, it was. It just showed on his face. Like you know, I'm not. There's no. I don't think there's ongoing beef. I think these guys have a general understanding of each other. But at the same point, we've all watched people listen to people they don't want to be listening to, just being like, "Oh my God, can I just please? Can I just please sit here?" Uh, for a little bit uh, getting people in the clubhouse is the right move obviously and now is the time people are bored as hell uh, people are you know we're, we're at the time journalists are sniping at each other I don't know if you saw Lindsay Adler get roasted by Keith Olbermann last week at the end of the week just because people people have lost touch with what it means to talk to people she wrote a column about how Isaiah Connor Falefa is one of is the only player in modern baseball history to play 50 games at catcher and shortstop and that unique development path. And in the first line of the article, she was like, Mo Berg did it during World War II. Isn't that interesting? And now Isaiah Kiner-Falef is doing it. Keith Olbermann doesn't even read the article, and he's like, this is sloppy. Mo Berg did this. Like, what are you talking about? No one in modern baseball has ever done this. She's like, it's the first sentence of the article. That was the 30s. That is not modern. And Keith Olbermann's like, I'm sorry. This is just sloppy. Like, people, you know, you need to refer to the 40s as modern. People who knew Mo Berg were coaching in the 90s. And it's like, okay, buddy. Like, maybe it's just that we got to defuse these bombs, right? Not everything is a bomb. We're not always trying to set off an underwater explosion, the reverberations and ripples of which can be felt from miles beyond on both coasts. Like, we're just writing an article about how Isaiah Connor Falefa used to be a catcher. We're, we're just having an interesting time. And then, obviously, Lindsay Adler writes this for the Yankee side of the athletic, and somebody is in the comments being like, this has been happening in Texas for years, and you don't see anybody writing it until he goes to the Yankees? It's like, no, you don't, uh, because this is a Yankees beat writer. This is a beat writer for the New York Yankees. Uh, that's why she has been waiting on this story. Uh, so a lot of great media discourse going on. It's probably time to just get into the clubhouse, get to the bottom of these things, sit Cole and Donaldson in two chairs next to each other, ask them to go back and forth talking about their likes and dislikes, get it all on the page, uh, count the eye rolls from Cole, just just get all the facts out there. And obviously, you know, that's probably the best way to get Cole honest uh, I'm sure his face will betray whenever he is, is, is upset and bothered by Donaldson anyway. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, let's talk about a more serious topic. The Aaron Judge extension. Where is it? How is it? Where is it coming? Uh, Aaron Judge is not signing prior, uh, you know, after opening day, he's not signing. Might sign in the offseason. Not signing on April 12th. Not signing on May 14th. Not signing on June 28th. Prior to opening day, 
or way after the season. Those are your options if you want to lock Aaron Judge up. Rumors this weekend uh, abounded. First of all, a fan tweeted he's going to buy 99 shirts if Aaron Judge signed. I believe it was Saturday, and Aaron Judge's own foundation quote tweeted it with eyeball emojis. And so you're like, is he about to sign? Is this guy about to buy a bunch of shirts? Nope, didn't sign. Don't know what that meant. Maybe they just were happy to be mentioned. Then you have John Heyman sort of, this is the kind of tweet that I hate. The the half tweet where it's half a rumor and half just speculation. Uh, the tweet said the Yankees were prepared to make an offer to Judge soon. He could become the fifth highest paid outfielder. Uh, but that wasn't saying the Yankees were going to offer him the fifth highest deal for an outfielder. That was just half of it was saying offer coming soon. And we know that because Brian Cashman told us that they're not going to not offer him something before spring training ends. And the second half was just John Heyman going, hey, I'm thinking he might end up being the fifth highest paid guy. Great. I'm glad you're thinking that. But when it all gets tied together in one tweet, it seems like offer coming soon. I know something about the offer and the offer is this large. Nobody said that. It was just offer coming soon. And hey, here's a number that might be big. I think Judge would sign for that AAV, making him the fifth highest paid outfielder in baseball over a slightly shorter period of time. That's going to end up being something like uh, high 20s, 27, 28 mil or something for year, uh, five years, six years, probably six years, maybe seven years. That ought to do it. But I have no inclination the Yankees are offering that. I just know they're offering something. And you were all over the Brian Cashman word salad of them asking Cashman, you know, what's coming in the Judge extension and him saying, you know, there's going to be an offer, and at some point there might be a counter offer. We hope he takes our offer. We hope the man reads the paper and says yes to the paper. If he says no to the paper, we'll have more conversations at a later date. Like, that opened our eyes to absolutely nothing. Kind of sounded like a low ball or not wanting to tip their hands. Aaron Judge still not under contract this year. If you don't want to go to arbitration, you got to figure that out soon. So common sense says a deal is going to prevail, but there has not been a lot of common sense in New York lately. No, classic Yankees response to a hot topic, hot button issue where the questions are valid. Hey, best player on the team, not signed beyond this year. What's the deal? Oh, I'm Brian Cashman. Let me explain to you how contract offers work and how the other side responds to them, um, giving us a play-by-play of what we already know, things that happen in life. Hey, you want to work here? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. I'll take a contract. Okay, we'll see what the contract looks like, and we'll get back to you about it. That Brian Cashman explaining how that all goes down. Um, great stuff. Great, great stuff. Kind of like how the early press conferences in spring training featured Aaron Boone having to answer awkward questions about the construction of this roster, which not entirely his fault. The lockout um, made that more of a reality than it should have been. Um, the Yankees roster should have been settled far, far before spring training. Um, but the 90 plus days of um, no transactions being permitted put the manager in a bad spot, I will say. Um, but uh, you saw how awkward the answers are uh, were. You saw how awkward um, the, his kind of demeanor was when having to answer those questions. And once again, cookie cutter responses, not revealing any information, um, no excitement either, like Brian Cashman can't be excited that he's offering Aaron Judge, one of the best players in baseball, a contract extension, and is hoping that they accept the offer. Like, I, I don't know, like, get, get, give, give somebody something. Um, and once again, where is this extension offer? Um, now, again, 10 days away from opening day. Um, Judge is not signing after opening day, according to him. Um, pretty good source, I'd say. Very, very good source information for, 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 that, type of, uh, for that type of topic. Um, and 
I don't know what the why we're dragging our feet here. Once again, it seems like the Yankees are trying to concoct the perfect offer and the perfect low risk, um, minimal risk scenario where they get to pay Judge. They don't have to keep him for too long, and it's not a prohibitive. It's not exactly a prohibitive cost, and it doesn't affect their expenditures elsewhere. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to pay to keep good players, especially ones that are already here and have already proven themselves. Um, and I know that they're definitely having the the complicated balance of it all because judge has only had two full seasons, even though when he's been on the field for the other partial seasons, he's been a tremendous impact. Um, and you can see it in all of his numbers, uh, OPS, OPS plus power, uh, everything defense. Um, so I don't know what the weight is like, like we've said a million times, I had all off season to prepare a variety of contract offers to present to judge the second, the lockout was lifted um, they made the trades that they made and they made the signings that they're, they, they made and their, their cap situation or not cap. There's no cap in baseball. Sorry guys. The payroll situation is set. Um, so I don't know what else they need to do because anything they do with judge is going to affect 2023 and beyond. Um, again, just another thing that seems like it doesn't need to be that complicated and the Yankees are making it more complicated. So. I mean, the problem here is that None of my judge arguments, which sounded accurate that I've been making for months, none of them are valid because all I've been saying is, you know, the Red Sox back themselves into a corner with Mookie Betts. That's a $350 million to $400 million guy. There's no excuse for them to not pay him, but they found an excuse. Now, judge is going to cost half that. He's way cheaper than Mookie Betts. He's just as intrinsic to what the Yankees do. And what I've been saying all along is, I understand it might not be a good contract. Year five of Aaron Judge might get ugly. He might be a first baseman down the line. But I don't care. And the Yankees shouldn't either because they could absorb $180 million. They can absorb another $25 million a year contract. They're the Yankees. They can have Garrett Cole, have Giancarlo Stanton, have Judge making this sum of money and not let it stop them from making any other moves. Maybe it stops them from signing Carlos Correa for $400 million. Maybe it's maybe it takes them out of the upper echelon of dudes, but it shouldn't take them out of anybody in the mid-range market. They should be trying as hard as possible to win with all three of these guys. So I hear everybody saying, trade judge, right? He, he's going to break down as he gets older. Probably. Yeah. The Yankees are a money-making enterprise, and they have the judges' chambers. And, and I think even the trade judge people can see why they're working to extend Aaron Judge. But what I've been saying all along is it does not matter. The Yankees are going to end up with a contract that they quote-unquote regret in five years, but they'll never regret anything because they'll always have the wiggle room to make financially flexible moves around that deal. And if they let an Aaron Judge contract stop them, then they're embarrassing. Well, we've learned recently that they have every intention of letting an Aaron Judge contract stop them, that this might be the end of their spending, that they didn't add a $200 million guy this year because they're making room for the Aaron Judge deal. And after they sign that, they'll have Cole, they'll have Stanton. Stanton on a relative bargain, by the way. They're well under $200 million on Stanton now. The Marlins pay a lot of that money. Cole deal is excessive, but also, you know, sometimes you got to take the plunge. The Yankees can afford to add around Judge, but if they're not going to, then sure, I guess you have to think about the ramifications of this being negative, and I guess you have to think about trade options. They won't. They'll take the comp pick or whatever. Uh, the likeliest option, though, is that they pay him just about what he wants, maybe a little bit less than what he wants, and then they use that to hamstring themselves down the line, and, and we get the worst of both worlds, where it's eventually a bad contract, and they refuse to, like, they're not going to work their way out of the bad contract, and they're just going to sit there going, 
ah, well, mistake we knew we were making was made. And so now we made our bed and we have to lie in it. I don't know the answer, man. I really don't. I don't know the answer. We still have Zach Britton on this roster um, eating 14 million. This is a team that wants to save money. Still didn't figure out a way to maybe get him off at some point. But what's the deal? Does he have to remain on them? This has nothing to do with Aaron Judge, but does Zach Britt have to remain on the roster in order to get 10 and five rights? Or can he still just be on a team? I, that I don't know, but I do think it has to do with us. Um, I, yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it can't be though, right? We, we're not the team know. that, we're not the team that brought him up. Uh, I just think, I think what it, people are saying there is that he's still working his way back from Tommy John. It's unlikely he will get signed if he's not ready this summer. Like, if the Yankees ever have to take him off the 60-man, he better be ready for action. Because someone's going to sign him for his rehab and, and the end of his rehab if he's going to be due in September. Yeah, he, oh, he'll absolutely be on a roster in that case. But if there's nothing doing there and there's no chance he'll be ready for this season, then the Yankees are doing a massologist stat. I mean, it does clear off a roster spot for the Yanks. They're, they're paying for it. But it, having him on the 60-man all year does let them continue to funnel people out of there. Uh, and maybe not lose a Steven Ridings or, you know, a, a Lucas Litke or a Jason Rosario, who they just signed. Uh, let's talk about the the signings from this weekend, shall we? Yeah. Why not? Uh, the Yankees did a reverse high on Bloom and signed a prospect the Red Sox let go in their roster shuffle. Rosario, Jason Rosario from the Mitch Moreland trade, a vaunted power bat from the San Diego Padres last year. Uh, you know, he came to the Red Sox in their system. He didn't do much, looked bad. Uh, if the Yankees are able to unlock him, fantastic. If they just signed him for the hell of it because he's a former Red Sox, uh, you know, that's not how that's done. Heim Bloom signed Garrett Whitlock in the Rule 5 draft because he knew he could unlock him. He got Frank Germain in the Adam Adovino trade, who, by the way, looks great because he knew this was a reliever with a power fastball. I can do something with this. If the Yankees are just looking at Jason Rosario's below average season and being like, we got to add this guy to the 40-man, the Red Sox are going to be so pissed. That's not how it's done. There's got to be talent there. But he is on the 40-man already. Uh, so he's probably your first DFA candidate if they make a signing or trade and it doesn't take anybody off the 40-man and they need a DFA candidate. It's probably him. But he's here now, so that's interesting and weird. Hopefully it's actual revenge against High and Bloom and it's not just fake revenge and double revenge that he's able to get on us because we added an asset that actually wasn't very talented. I'm sure that's what it's going to end up being. We also signed Shelby Miller. Uh, out of nowhere on Sunday afternoon, he has been one of the worst pitchers possible. It's almost impossible to be worse than Shelby Miller's been in recent years. He was part of the Diamondbacks prospect core. He was traded to the Braves uh, along with, or the Braves traded him to the Diamondbacks. Yes, the Braves traded for him from the Cardinals. Yes. And then he pitched one year in Atlanta, then got traded to Arizona. It was the Dansby Swanson deal. Yes, and I think it was the Jason Hayward Cardinals-Braves trade, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, Shelby Miller was a top prospect for the Cardinals back in the day, had an all-star season with the Braves, went to the Diamondbacks, and since then, he's got a 7.05 ERA, it was, Thomas. Last year, he was in the nines. 2021, uh, 13 earned runs, 16 hits, 3 homers, 11 walks, and 12 and two-thirds innings. Absolutely nothing there to be excited about other than theoretical all-star potential from somebody who was once an all-star seven years ago. I mean, seven years ago, I was an intern. You know, a lot changes in a seven-year period. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's, uh, you can't overreact to the Yankees adding Shelby Miller 
it's not a classic Yankees. Uh, here comes Brett Gardner, and we're overpaying washed-up veterans. But at the same time, it, they're just making lot. They're trying to outsmart people. They're making lottery ticket signings to thicken their minor league depth. They don't expect much out of Shelby Miller either. That's why there's no need to get twisted on this and be like their priorities are all wrong. I mean, this isn't a priority. This is just something that fell into their lap. It's another non-guaranteed minor league deal. And if Shelby Miller, you know, rediscovers his fastball in Matt Blake's lab, then fantastic. Uh, but he'll be at Grand Wilkes Bar for now, and it's just a name I haven't heard in a really long time. And of all the people with terrible results in recent years who the Yankees have tried to fix, might be the worst numbers of any of them. Yeah, um, it's just weird. It sends a weird message. I think that's just the extent of it. Um, you fans sit here all offseason understanding that there either needs to be more, well, there does need to be more rotation depth at a greater level, um, and there needs to be more back-end bullpen help. Um, and then they're going out and they're signing these guys to minor league deals, and you're just like, why Why can't we just get a real – why can't we get a real guy here? It would be fun to get a real guy here. I'm not mad about Shelby Miller coming to town. I'm not mad about um, any, of the, any of the other um, uh, minor league signings or people they've invited to spring training, but, like, come on. Can't, can't, we, can't we get an imp- something impactful beyond what we've already seen, um, especially because you know – the Yankees know. The Yankees know they've underwhelmed fans this offseason. It's 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 no secret. They're they're not they they don't have the internet shut down at Yankee Stadium. They're they don't have the they they're listening to what the media is saying. Um, they are very much in the know of what's gone on and what the pulse is around them concerning the fan base. So that's why this these things puzzle me. Like Shelby Miller, 2015 was the last time he was relevant. And now he transitioned to a relief role last year and did just as bad as he's been and performed just as badly as he's been for the last six years. Um, so, I mean, if you're talking about having depth at AAA just for the hell of it to keep the other guys well-rested, um, who you plan to use later in the year, okay, sure. Um, could be could be a prudent decision later down the road. Um, but the more we get these notifications of these types of signings, it's just like, Whatever. Cool. I don't, I don't really care. Um, it, it'd be nice if uh, we didn't have the team-wide regressions that we had last year, which I think the Yankees are banking on again, that not being the case. Um, kind of like how I said before, I think for the pitching staff, they're just banking on those guys having the same campaigns that they had last year, even though it's not really going to be entirely likely. So um, I, uh, I'm just here for the ride. I'm here to get to opening day and just see what happens. And I'll start making um, larger. Uh, I'll still, I'll be formulating my opinions, but they won't be super, super serious until six weeks. in. like last year, um, I promised everybody, especially you, that I wouldn't say anything about the starting rotation until um, after May. And I ended up saving myself a lot of time and heartache because the starting rotation ended up being good after a bit of a rocky start. Um, and then I didn't have to look like an idiot and get cold taked all the time. So I'll do the same this year, six weeks, see what's happening with everybody top to bottom. Um, and yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm, we're waiting. Spring training, just end 10 days, opening day, get me there. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long. 
Uh, I'm done too. I got got last year. I said I wasn't going to, you know, everybody knows the beginning of the season doesn't determine where you are. The Yankees record ended, and they ended up with 92 wins, and they were under 500 deep into the year. They were five and I got got last year when they were five and 10. I was like, this team sucks. That was the game when they were like throwing batteries at Rubenetto Door from the stands, and everybody was doing like, Yankee fans have the gall to disrespect their players like that. And again, like, yeah, they should not have been throwing garbage. That's not a hot take. Like, there were no Yankee fans who were like, counterpoint, we absolutely should be throwing garbage at our players and baseballs at them. Like, another straw man thing. Like, this is disgusting. Yankee fans who defend this are should be ashamed of themselves. Like, yeah, I'm getting on a podcast being like, we should all throw hard baseballs at everybody. Like, that's a great idea. That's what I believe. Um, so hopefully I won't get all riled up again. I hope they're not 5-10. and 10. It was annoying. I didn't like watching it, but... In case you've already forgotten, they've already dug out of a hole like that just last year. They could do it again. The roster now is better than it was on opening day last year, even if you were disillusioned with some of their offseason moves. Even if you didn't want Shelby Miller on board, folks, there's still a lot to like about this roster. And even though they slumped in early September last year, that was a lot of Andrew Heaney driven. All teams go through slumps. That Yankee team with that roster was 39 and 22. They had a massive winning streak slipped in there. Um, if they played to that level, all if they start going 39 and 22 in a bunch of different chunks this year, guess what, folks? They're going to be a really good team. So join us on the No Snap Judgments bandwagon. Although, of course, twice a week, we're going to have to get on the podcast and make some snap judgments. That's what you pay us for. Um, but try not to read too far into them. Try to listen, but try not to read too far into them. That is it. For this Monday, let's go Tar Heels edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or really any other app that has podcasts after the first word of the app, the app name. In general, podcasts will be on there. You can find us. You can also find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern as well as live on Twitter at those times. If you haven't caught us streaming on Twitter, we will be there. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Um, I'm also curious as to where people get their podcasts outside of Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, but hey, if you have another outlet where you're doing it, find us there. And also let me know because I'm curious. Um, in the meantime, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of written content there for you. Um, some interesting stuff from over this weekend, I'd say. Uh, we got some Luke Voigt stuff after he was traded to the Padres. Talk to the media over there. We got Ken Rosenthal weighing in on a potential uh, Sean Manaya deal. Um, we have uh, Aaron Hicks talking about the vengeful slogan for the Yankees this year, which could prove that this team has more fire than we thought. Um, also, talk to us in the official Yanks Yard Twitter account at Yanks Yard FS. You can watch the live stream of the, of the podcast there as well um, every Monday and Thursday. Um, and until then, guys, keep enjoying spring training the way you are. No overreactions, no hard feelings, also no super positive feelings. Next time we'll talk to you Tuesday or Thursday, 3 p.m., 2 p.m. Thursday, 2 p.m. I'll be here Tuesday at 3 p.m. Uh, live streaming myself <laughs> eating a big sandwich. Uh, so tune in for that. I'm sure that'll be great. Uh, until next time, we'll see you, everybody. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. 
Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.